0: Hello and welcome to episode 108 of the Pen Addict Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss pens, paper, and the analog tools that we love so dearly. My name is Mike Curley, and I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. What's up, Mike? Very good, my friend. How are you?
1: Good, good. I'm, I'm excited about today's episode.
0: And why is that, Mr. Dowdy?
1: Well, we have a special guest on today, and it's a special guest that probably no one has ever heard of except for me. <laughs> and maybe <a> f- <laughs> and maybe a few other people, and that's and that's why I wanted to have him on. We have Tim Fletcher on from Funkmon on Pins. What's up, Tim? Nothing much. I'm just.
2: I feel kind of slighted. <laughs> no one's ever. Heard
1: of well, I think after this episode, everyone will know who you are. So we sh- we should be straight after this episode. I think. So how how's that sound?
2: That sounds all right, but you know I would like to make a note that I am on here because a fan of mine requested it. So I have at least one fan out there. You have at you least one You were inundated fan. with a single request. That's unless, right. you...
0: unless Brad really wanted you on and then pretended to be somebody else, and then sent a, a message to Brad. Mm. It's like he's just like you know it's like Bradception or something like that. Yes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So I actually have that whole conversation in in my show notes here on how this happened, how this podcast came to be, how you came to be a guest on today's podcast. And we're going to get into that. And I'm going to save that. But first, we're going to go through a little news, a little follow up. We got some cool topics to talk about real quick. And I'm going to get you involved, Tim, get your opinions on some of these things. And then we'll then we'll figure out how you got to be here today and why you're here and what all you do. How's that sound?
2: That sounds great. It'll be very interesting for the listeners to hear the opinion of someone they've never heard of.
1: That's right. <laughs> That's exact I, I mean, I did this totally on purpose. I wanted to see how this would go, so <laughs> I'm I'm excited, and I think it's going to go swimmingly, if I can uh, tell by anything so far. So, let's let's get into this. Let's get into this follow up, Mike. Um, there's a pretty amazing pen coming back on the market. Um, Twisby has decided to reintroduce. The Rock, the old Republic of China, red, white, and blue pen. So I'm assuming you've seen this, and we're inundated with tweets and links to this.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, all week people have been sending it, and it's amazing to see. I'm I'm very very pleased. I assume that they're probably going to be engineering it the way that they engineer 580s now. Yes. Yeah, so, so
1: it looks looks like they're calling it the Twisby Diamond 580. RB, which I don't know exactly what RB stands for. I don't know if it's red, blue, or it or could what. be
2: red and blue. Yeah, yeah
1: that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. But um, <laughs> I guess they wanted to get up. I mean, the Rock stood for Republic of China, which of course is Taiwan, which is where Twizy, Twisby's roots are. So they're bringing it back, putting in the 580 hardware you know with the additional because the, the old 540 like you had cracking problems and a lot of people had cracking problems um with the grip section and, and things like that on that pin so they have the 580 hardware um otherwise it looks exactly the same and it looks as beautiful as ever and i'll definitely be uh chomping at the bit to get this one so are you, you going to order another one or are you going to stick with your 540
0: depends on the next link
1: yeah so this one threw me off i have to admit i was super psyched about the rock well the reintroduction of the 580 so in the old 580 they had i guess it was the old uh, i guess it was a, a a taiwanese symbol it was like a sun um a light blue uh blue black ground bl- excuse me blue background with a white sun on the end of the cap barrel well now they are putting it looks like i don't know if this is The full line, or if they're going to do a, they're calling this the 580 USA, and it's going to be a separate pin with a USA flag cap symbol on the top. So, being the non American on this podcast, what do you think about that?
0: I would buy it in a heartbeat. Cool. Okay, good.
1: I was interested to see. Wait, Mike, you're you're not American?
0: I love America.
1: (laughs) He's actually going to be in America next week. I am. Yeah, for a while, for like a week, week and a half or so, so uh, that's
0: cool. Ten days. Uh, yeah. I mean the, the, Wow, that's awesome. In the United States, yeah. Uh, yeah. They should do a 580 UK as well, I mean, because it's all the same colors at this point, but...
1: Yeah, um, and it's just the... Yeah, might little... as
2: well add Russia and France, too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: If well, we little... get the
0: whole set, I mean, I would probably end up buying the whole set.
1: Yeah, actually. that little end piece little in-piece diagram couldn't cost anything in the grand scheme of things, and the barrel of the pen stays the same, so yeah. Tim, do you have any Twisbees? I don't,
2: uh though I do understand that everybody on the internet is a big fan of them, and I don't know why, which means I should really buy one because yeah, you they might be...
0: It's, it's yeah, see, that's the... what everyone says. You don't yeah.
2: have one?
0: Yeah, <laughs> it, it is one that you can't, you kind of need to experience it. 'Cause they look nice, but they're not stunning. Like they're not incredible to look at. You know, they're not the best looking pen ever, but they're just really, really well built and they write really, really well. They're they're f- strong fan favorites for a good reason.
1: Yes, yeah, so very untwisby like they have I believe
2: it. And they, they add these weird features to their pens that I like.
1: So it looks like they have they're actually putting out a shipping date on this mic, which is something that they don't do at all. You know, they usually string these things out for months, if not years at a time. But they're talking about having these out in June. So we'll be watching. We'll stay tuned. But uh, I know everyone has sent us their link because they know how much we like that pen. Um, As good as that link was, Mike, that everyone sent us, this next link may be the single best link we have ever received on the Pen (laughs) Attic podcast. So Richard Thompson, he's at Ardeet on Twitter. He was a purchaser of the, uh, the Pin Addict 100 t-shirt. And not, not only did he take a picture of him wearing a t-shirt, his tweet says, "Pen essentials for outback hunting. So he's decked out in his camo with his gun and his hat and his orange Pen Addict shirt out there. Looked like he's getting ready to uh, um, go, on, or go on a hunt. And I saw this picture. I just about fell out dying laughing.
0: So there's another part of this though that you may not have seen. There's, mm-hmm. there's two pictures.
1: Yeah, there's a huge part of this.
0: Be- because uh, there's, I guess it might be the Twitter app right, only shows one. But if you see like a tweet bot only shows one. But yeah, yeah, he's got another one where he's using a Fisher Space Pen Field Notes, which is all duct tape up, which is amazing. It's
1: it's amazing. So yeah, I put that in the link to both pictures, and his field it looks like a day game. Field notes, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's that that green color. But it is 50% covered in duct tape, which is just amazing (laughs) in itself. And this there is nothing wrong with this picture whatsoever. This is one of the greatest pictures I've ever seen in my life.
0: (laughs) I agree. (laughs) I saw it and and I was like, I showed my my girlfriend. I was like, this guy's in Australia.
1: So, is I
2: mean, that a huge he, achievement being in australia
0: well wearing our t-shirt and yes. oh well
1: and, I,
0: yeah that does make sense
1: in the environment that he's in getting ready to hunt who knows what i don't know what do you hunt for in the outback yeah uh, i'm assuming not kangaroos or koalas there's got to be something dysentery <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the danger that's the danger motion out there in the in the outback so yeah i don't know but richard thank you for sending this 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 made my year, I think, so far because uh, I I couldn't imagine a better scenario for the Pin Addict podcast t-shirt to be displayed. So that is fantastic. Now, about an hour after last week's episode, I don't even know if we had our episode up. I know we finished recording last week, Mike, and then I think you and I were both still hanging out online and you may have just posted it, and then we started getting all kinds of other tweets going, oh my God, did you hear... Did you hear the Slate Culture Gab Fest? Do you listen to that podcast? Had, had you heard of that podcast before? I know you know what Slate is, Mike.
0: Yeah, I know Slate, but I hadn't heard of the show.
1: Yes, the same here. I mean, I know Slate. Slate's kind of a big, big enterprise doing lots of different things. And I had been talking with uh, a lady named June Thomas on Twitter. She and I have been Twitter friends for a while, and mm-hmm. we've just talked and talked, always talking about pens. And I knew she wrote for Slate, and I knew she, you know, um, worked for them. I didn't realize she was on a podcast, and much less a podcast that, that was this like hugely popular. So she put in a plug for us on the Slate Culture gab fest and um it was just it was really nice, and it w- it was funny listening to her talk about <laughs> us and the erasable erasable podcast, and listening to the other hosts' rela- reactions to our. Yeah, she, I felt the bad host-
0: for her because she was getting what we usually get. Yeah, you know, yeah. The one it's other, like, really. I- Pen podcast. <laughs> yeah, the pens. other girl.
1: And I, I don't know the other girl's name, but she was kind of killing her. Like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> so, Tim, Tim, are you are you surprised? There's actually a podcast about pens.
2: Mm, uh, uh, I don't want to say yes.
1: Yeah. But yes. <laughs> yeah. We're we're. When I first too, got actually. into the
2: hot, I was really surprised that, I, that there was not just one. There are, in fact, a couple others. Only one good one, though.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. But I wasn't yeah, talking. June... Oh, wait. I mean, yes, I was talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've heard of this show. Yeah, yeah. All right, cut Tim off now. Okay, I can do Up
0: that.
1: <laughs> banned for life. But no, June is great, and I really appreciate her mentioning us. Um on that on the uh, culture gab fest and i you know people were coming out of the woodwork for that one um, yeah for sure we got we got a bunch of action on that a um, bunch of people tweeting us um bunch of people a bunch of new listeners i know a bunch of new followers on twitter and a bunch of new readers to the pinnatic blog so thank you june it was uh it was great to hear and uh we we've got your back you know from your if we need to uh have a talk with your guest hosts on the culture gab fest uh, we can make that happen and uh set them straight oh and i put a link into the uh, Note: She's written about pens and stationery before, and we'll have a link in the show notes to. Um, she's kind of she has a addicted to stationery um, post that she's written for Slate in the past, in the past year or so. So uh, she is she is definitely full bore pen addict. So thank one, you, June.
0: One of us. Yeah, thank you. June. One of
1: us. Exactly. One of us.
0: One of us. One of us. One
1: of us. One of us. So Tim Tim actually has taken me to task on something that came up last week, Mike. And we were talking about just pens in general, just kind of revamping our glossary, kind of touching on the the very basics, you know, pen info 101, if you will. And my thought was, or my perception is, that out of gel pens, rollerball pens, and ballpoint pens, that in the grand scheme of the general America public, um, the non-pen addict Pin buying public, that gel pens were probably the most popular. Um, And like I said, I didn't have any, you know, hard facts on that. That was just kind of uh, a guesstimate based on what I've seen. And uh, Tim, Tim has a disagreement with that. So what do you think, Tim?
2: Well, I think, well, in the general, in the general populace of people, I think uh, gel pens are still looked at to be a kind of luxury item because you buy two of them, two Pilot G2s for like $3 or something, and rollerballs even even more so. And when I'm in a uh, – I have to take chemistry classes to get my degree, which is terrible. Chemistry sucks. But <laughs> they require you to write your notes uh during the labs and stuff in pen because they think that you're going to falsify your data or whatever and there were only two other people in the in my entire history of chemistry labs that I've seen use non ballpoints and those two people were using roller balls actually uh though I I do see a lot of gel pens out there I really they're not it's not very often I think
1: yeah I I will agree with you in in, in that instance, and in probably maybe in school in general. If you happen to use a pen, and especially in chemistry class, the oil best based inks are not going to get um, wiped out as by as many chemicals and solvents. We've actually done some testing on the blog way back in the day um, with someone else, another chemistry student, a guy named Brian Gushikawa, who I haven't heard from in a long time. Brian, get in touch. Um, he actually did took in a bunch of pens and did like a solvent based test. And the rollerball, I mean, the gel inks performed horribly. You know, they, um, you know, ran off the paper and, yeah. and didn't didn't hold Those their ink. Off so the paper was just a finger. Yep, yep. So I I can totally see that. It's it's definitely situational. So I I can see in, in that situation. So you know, ballpoints. I'd say maybe even just in general, ballpoints are probably the most popular just because they're the cheapest and the most ubiquitous, and people end up stealing them from everywhere, so they just have those to use. Um, I'm not buying the rollerball thing, though, over gel. Maybe so. Maybe so. But um, there's such – I think – I don't know. There's very few cases, I think, where rollerballs are the best choice. I think there's a case to be made for ballpoints, and there's a case to be made for gels. And rollerballs just seem to be the I don't know odd oddest of the bunch in from performance perspective. But I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. Like Pilot, I know, commissions a study and I've actually tried to get a copy of it. The saying that the pilot G2 is the world's most popular gel ink pen. I, I would be interested to say what to see like what is Pilot's most popular pen, period, that they sell. So and I have a feeling it would be some base level ballpoint that they're mass filling office supply shelves with or something like that so
2: yeah probably i mean i think the um, at the at the university i work they have pilot pens that are uh, that are supplied for the graduate assistants to use mm-hmm. and i think they're pilot precise are those gel pens
1: uh the precise is a rollerball
2: rollerball interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> okay <laughs> My friend just came from Chicago. Uh I just I just picked her up today and uh, she knows I'm into pens and she whipped out her pen that she just bought for this occasion and it is a uniball. It's another rollerball. I feel mm-hmm. like the uh uni, like there are so many uh there's so many office supplies where instead of buying ballpoints, they try to go up a little bit in class, and they buy a whole bunch of the uniballs or the Pilot Precises or whatever. Those tend to be rollerballs. I feel like it, in office supply cabinets all over the world, whether it's an accounting firm or, or any other kind of place, if it's not a ballpoint, it's probably a rollerball. Though I understand why pen enthusiasts would prefer a gel ink pen to a rollerball pen, as I do myself. But uh, I, just, I think they're, they're a little bit more ubiquitous.
1: Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. And Mike and I talked about how the that Uniball, like the Vision line, and just some of their basic rollerballs, those are in office supply cabinets everywhere, all around the world. And um, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of people's uh, first taste of actually a a, a good decent pen. So, um, yeah, it was mine. Yeah, I, I, you know, in the office supply space, that was probably mine too. So, um, I I can definitely definitely see that. So. All right, so let's now that now that we've kind of we've we kind of started that ball rolling, Tim. Let's get let's get into you and I and how this came to be, and why the heck we have you on our podcast. Um, but first, I want to mention the pen blog of the week. We have a special pen blog on the week this week, and it's called Funkmon on Pens. <laughs>
2: <laughs> how fortuitous! My goodness, I, you had no idea I was going to be on the podcast either, did you? I,
1: that is just insane how that worked out.
2: Wow, what a coincidence.
1: Yeah, so you should check out this you should check out this guy Tim that writes this blog Funkmon on Pens. Uh, he's a he's a pretty interesting character so I I think everyone uh every everyone would like this blog. I but hear he's dreamy I, too. <laughs> well, I want to I want to talk to you about how that started, but I want to talk to you first about how you and I even came to have a conversation together. So there it's kind of a two-part story. So it was only, it was like a few weeks ago, I found your blog through somehow, and I added it to my ink links, um, which I post on Saturdays on the Pen Attic blog, and about two days later, I get an email from this guy, Tim Fletcher. It's like, hey, thanks for the link, but how did you find me? It was like, <laughs> it was like you didn't want to be found. It was like you, I felt kind of bad. I was like, did I, did I um, let <laughs> the secret out or something? Have I outed this
0: guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and i think that was i think that was the extent of the email It was like a one sentence email it's like hey thanks for the link how did you find me <laughs> so what that what made you like me. yeah so what made you even reach out to me in the first place because you and i before like th- two three weeks ago you and i have never talked ever
2: that's correct not that you know of
1: not that i know of yeah
2: the uh well I was my stat said jumped on my wordpress blog Um uh, not by much, because that was actually the that was a uh, uh, a review of a pilot metropolitan that a lot of people had been passing around, and and I had had a lot of views. But I noticed that a big one was Reddit, and a big one was the Fountain Pen Network forum, and then another big one was the Pen Addict website. And I'm like, hey, I know that website. I go there sometimes. And I, and I went to, to find the page and it was the ink links page. And I'm like, wow, these guys have found my stupid WordPress blog. I wonder how. And then I emailed and that was that.
1: Yeah. And uh, so I I don't know what made it so funny to me um, that I don't know. I, I guess I just enjoyed your style of, I enjoyed your style of writing and you and I shared several emails just about, you know, uh, a, a few different things. And then we went on about our merry way and then like, a week later, um, we both get attached in a tweet from friend of the show, Tony Roman, at Supermassive. Tony is a, a pen addict extraordinaire. He's uh, been a long-time listener. And his, his tweet says, he says, I found Funkmon via your ink links. His review style is hilarious, and I bet he'd be a great guest on the show. So... Tim replies, I do occasionally podcast according to my Twitter bio. Also, holy crap, I have fans. And then and then Man, my next I sure reply was, Yeah, I, I replied right there. I said, "Let's make it happen, Tim." That was that was 8 days ago. You and I came together on on the uh on the back end, got it scheduled, got it worked out. So like in the span of like 2 weeks, um uh, <laughs> you've gone we came from unknown- together on the back end huh? you've gone from unknown blogger to pen addict uh guest uh superstar so what do you feel about that
2: i feel great and it was all thanks to you guys and uh i'd like to thank my mother and uh jesus (laughs) jesus and uh, fountain pen i don't know if you knew that
1: yeah, so Mike, you know who you know who Tim reminds me of, and I'm gonna really put the pressure on him here if he uh, if he knows who this is. But Tim reminds me a lot of John Roderick and the way his inflection is and the way he talks.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, that. Yeah, I just uh, like, now you I'm, say I do, I notice it. Was yeah, he also so, an underwear model?
1: He, ver- you know what? He very well could have been an underwear model. I would not put anything past John.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's a strong chance that that's happened at some point.
1: <laughs> but that's what <laughs> ever since I've heard you talk right out the gate, I was like, God, this guy is like John Roderick in, reincarnated, like maybe 10 years younger. <laughs> Wait, How old is this John Roderick? He's, he's not that old. He's still alive. He's still alive, yeah, no. He's only in his 40s, I think, uh, like me. Oh, okay. So, so, so Tim Fletcher from Funkmon on pins. Why do you have a pen blog?
2: Uh, well, the whole scheme was primarily to become famous on the internet.
1: Oh. That's the only reason
2: you start a website, right? Right. Yeah, uh, but in and well, I started liking fountain pens out of nowhere. I couldn't tell you why, and then I decided because I have this hobby, I might as well figure out a way to how figure out a way to rationalize it, and I rationalized it by starting a blog, a blog on WordPress. did didn't have doesn't have its own domain, despite me owning several domains. Just a WordPress blog, and I figured if people like it, they will like it, and that's something. Because like on the the first review I did of the uh, Monte Verde Impressa, um, Penn Chalet retweeted or like tweeted it about it because I bought it from them. And they were mentioned. And then Monte Verde, the, the pen company, shared it on their Twitter and Facebook page. And then uh, people really liked that. So then that was all the validation I needed. As long <laughs> as I have an a, uh, audience of three or four people, I will keep writing stupid stuff online.
1: Well, that's a, that's a pretty, good, uh, pretty good feedback right out the gate, I would say.
2: Yeah, and uh, it, it was, and it spoiled me for all the terrible feedback I would receive later. <laughs> one, one, person, one person said, uh, on the Pilot Metropolitan Review, that person said, I think I may have just read the worst pen review of all time. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that fantastic? I mean, is... a lot of people can say, I write pretty good pen reviews. But only one person can have the worst pen review of all time. And that's this guy right
1: here. That actually takes talent.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I wasn't even trying. So, I I mean, if I really tried, I could probably make the worst anything.
1: (laughs) So, where where did the name Funkmon come from? I mean, I don't even know what the hell that means.
2: Yeah, well, I don't either. I think I was... uh, I think I may... I don't really know, but I may have mistyped something when I was 10 and I registered that that username on a online forum or something, and then I've just always used it. And if you Google Funkmon, it's pretty much entirely me. Like uh, There was a point when it was only me, but someone's got like Funkmonkey.com, so sometimes that shows up. But yeah, I think <laughs> I'm the only Funkmon there is. So if you Google it, you're going to get a lot of uh, results about Fountain pens and Avril Lavigne, and uh, I think that's pretty much it.
1: So you have an you have an Avril Lavigne fascination? Is that what you're saying, or
2: I'm a, you know, yes and no. I'm a big <laughs> Avril Lavigne fan. Uh, I really like her music. It's great. And there's a the largest English-speaking music fan site online is an Avril Lavigne website. Believe it or not, so really? she actually has a large following around the world not so big in the united states or in other anglophone countries but in countries where they can't understand what she's saying they love her i don't know (laughs) what that's meant to say (laughs) well she's a boy let me let me uh tell you some of her fabulous lyrics he was a skater boy she said see you later boy
0: yeah that's pretty special wow
1: that that is deep man that you know the things you learn on the Pen Addict podcast are amazing. So,
2: it is amazing, isn't it? <laughs> so i want
1: to I want to get into a couple of your pen reviews, actually. And um, okay. the Metropo- the Metropolitan was one of them, but the first one I saw, the Cross Aventura.
2: Oh, that was a very small review. Uh, yes, I so just my, wrote it on the paper. Yeah
1: my my pull quote from that review is: "This is the worst pen ever made."
2: Uh, it's not You're, long. Can you
1: elaborate? I,
2: well, I, uh, someone asked me a question about it on Reddit a little while ago, and I tried to explain how bad this pen was. And I said, if you made a pen out of oven mitt and then gave it to a monkey nibmeister with only garbage disposal for hands to affix the uh, nib, you'd have a pen better than the Cross Aventura. Wow. <laughs>
1: A yeah it, it looks
2: cheap it feels cheap and it writes as well as could be expected for uh i don't know a noodle, a dry noodle with no ink on it mm. that's about how well it writes i had you know, to I'm, quit right review because it sucks so bad
1: <laughs> yeah i i don't think i've ever owned a cross pen much less a cross fountain pen how about you mike
0: uh i bought a cross pen for this show once. I can't even remember what it's called though. The one uh, with kind say of pull it, it was it apart.
1: Like a, Yeah, it was a short one, but that was like a, a rollerball one. That one actually seemed like a um or a pretty decent um Yeah, the design.
0: The design's cool, the mechanism's cool and the, the ink is nice. I just don't like the way it feels in the hand. It's 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 uncomfortable to hold. But I've never owned or used a cross fountain pen. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Sorry, I, I think be you guys interested. have made
2: a good choice. Let me tell you how dumb I am. I just bought another one three days ago, a Cross Dubai fountain pen. Uh-huh. Same $15 price tag. And I thought, oh, well, this will be a laugh. I'll have another terrible review. It's actually not the worst pen in the world. It is a mediocre pen with nothing notable about it whatsoever, which That's means it could worse, be the best pen really boss has made.
0: Yeah, that's like worse than a really bad pen is to have just a mediocre pen, because then you can't even write a funny review about it.
2: Yeah, I couldn't I'm trying to fill two thousand words or something on this pen, but most of it has just been insults on the cross Aventura pen. Like I have a picture <laughs> that I photoshopped of uh Hitler using the <laughs> Aventura pen <you> know, <laughs> just to
1: explain how bad this pen is. <laughs> that is amazing. So I'd actually be curious to know if there is such a thing as a good cross fountain pen. So maybe some listeners have had some experience. No one ever no one ever asks. I mean their their cross is not in the forefront of of anyone's reviews or talking about pens. So maybe maybe you can be the the crappy cross pen guy.
2: Oh god. That would be a fate (laughs) worse than death. But yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right, which is remarkable in that I think Cross, maybe second only to Parker, has name recognition outside of uh, the fountain pen community, I guess. Yeah. Uh, when, you, when someone says, I've, okay, maybe Mont Blanc, but if someone says, I've got a really fancy pen, they either think Parker, Cross, or Mont Blanc, at least from my experience. That's yeah, what they I, think, and then I have to great. explain, so- I would never use just
0: great marketing.
1: Yeah. I and I totally agree with that. I mean, yeah. I get emails about, you know, this always comes up in the graduation time of year because everyone sees those cross gift pens and, and things like that. And I, I try to steer them away for the most part. Not that I'm, you know, totally negative on cross, just for a basic pen, just that you can do better if you if you do a little looking around and get some recommendations. So mm-hmm. I mean, you I could noticed, do better
2: if you didn't look around and just held your hand out and picked something. Even yeah, if you were in a grocery store, it would be a better pen.
0: I uh, bought a banana. Yeah, a better pen.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so you, I, I noticed something else very specific about this cross-adventure overview is that your handwriting is horrible. Oh, but,
2: boy. It would be the worst ever.
1: Yeah, but you own it. <laughs> I mean you just you say hey look this my handwriting is awful but you know what it's mine and I love it and here it is. Did I say I love it? Ah, you you owned up to it like it's like look this is terrible but um you know this is this is what we're going with and you know I'm happy with it so we're we're <laughs> moving forward you know un, unlike Mike who, who hides in the corner every time he has to write something publicly.
0: You're just a penmanship bully. <laughs> What you are, that, Wow, there. that might be the nerdiest type of bully there is. I know, but yeah, that's what Brad chooses to be.
2: Well, you know, I understand that. Like my my handwriting is barely legible, which is why. So obviously, in a fountain pen review, you're going to want to have a sample of some of your fountain pen writing on a paper that everyone's familiar with. So I just shove mine on Claire Fontaine paper, and uh, I write on it. But right before that, instead of saying, here's a sample of the pen, I say, here's some terrible writing. Just <laughs> so everyone knows. And I've checked, I've checked the, uh, the clicks on these, uh, all the images I have on there. No one clicks the, the sample at the, at the bottom. I've had like four clicks on all of my reviews ever since the blog started about a month ago.
1: So I don't even know if people care. Yeah, I, I kind of don't think they do. So that's why I'm saying I'm good with that. <laughs> and you do. I've always been interested in people who do like a rating system on their on their blogging, and when they're reviewing oh, pens. yes. And you you started that right out the gate. You does that work for you? I mean, do you think that's like a, a valid thing for for pen bloggers to do? Like, Absolutely should I? Not. Should I? Should terrible
2: I do and ass, I'm stupid. No one should <laughs> ever put a rating system on their blog. Anyone who does that is a moron.
1: Okay, uh, I feel, val- I so feel it, validated I now. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, I,
2: I think it's pretty much invalid, but, but the other thing is, you've got a lot of skimmers out there, and if someone sees this wall of text with occasionally a picture of Hitler, uh, they're not going <laughs> to stop and read every single thing but they will look at the numbers and the numbers are pretty arbitrary because they're they're kind of based on the price of the pen i mostly do reviews of cheap pens because i want to do reviews of pens that i don't see very often and uh most of the time people buy an expensive pen they shove a review out there immediately and you can figure out if it's good or not but frankly if you're spending 400 dollars on a pen it's going to be good but where it gets interesting is the 25 or $35 pens, which is what I like to review. So when I have a $7 pen and I put it, I give it like a nine, it is almost certainly worse than a $25 pen that I give a nine, which is which is dumb. Yeah, it, that's the, quite, this, yeah, that's an interesting
0: thought. Scale. It doesn't uh, scale like that. Yeah, yeah that's right, kinda, so the, I think that's why I've always been hesitant.
2: Really yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, so, you know, so but t- talking about the cheap p- fountain pens, you buy a lot of uh, Chinese fountain pens and that's a lot a, a lot of people have always asked me to review certain brands and I've just never really gotten into it. I haven't really seen the need or the or that these would fulfill a certain need in in my writing to to go out and buy, but you you've got a, a, a lot of a lot of Chinese fountain pen reviews like Jinhao and Bear and uh, I don't know, I think you yeah, him, Duke, I've got, you have Duke out there. So what what's I, the What's what? Yeah, tell me about some of your favorite ones, and and maybe some that I need to look at at purchasing and reviewing because I, I get asked about them all the time. Because there's there's good ones and bad ones, and there's certainly some good deals to be had.
2: Yeah. Um, so some of them are good, and some of them are almost bad as a cross teventura. So what you've got to deal with is there's a lot of people online who like Chinese fountain pens, and they say anything made by jinhao is really really good i've only had one good experience with jinhao pens now jinhao pens are in the middle of the price bracket for your cheap chinese pens they go they go as low as six dollars and pretty much as high as ten and that's about what you're going to pay for these things and uh some of the bigger ones Use a standard number six size nib. So, a lot of people buy nibs from Goulet or from X Fountain Pens or Edison or whoever they want to buy from, and then just take the uh, nib out of the Jinhao pens and then shove that in there. And if you do that, these pens are great, great value. Like uh, uh, a Jinhao 159, uh, it weighs like 45 grams or something incredible like that. It's made entirely out of brass. And its build quality, in terms of the actual, actually how it's made, is really good. It's right up there with a $150 uh, European pen. And uh, for the Jinhao X450 and some of the other pens that they have, it's just slightly less than that. And these pens are like $650 or $7. So if you're going to have to put a custom nib on anyway, like if you like a, a, an extra fine or a big broad italic or just a normal broad like I like because my handwriting's terrible, then you might as well get one of those because what you're really paying for when you're buying a, a big name fountain pen is not the build quality usually. It is the performance and that is primarily the nib and feed. So you might as well get a decent nib and then shove it on a cheap pen and you're going to be writing as well as anybody out there. And that's why I've bought a lot of Chinese pens. But I've got Heroes, I've got Jinhao's, I've got Dukes. The best pen, the best Chinese pen, I think, is probably the Duke two hundred nine in terms of uh, performance per dollar.
1: Okay, I'll, I'll check that one out. What about are buying all these? Are there are there certain ones you're staying away from now? Like you're you're off a, a certain brand just because it's just been consistently poor. Uh.
2: Yes, Jinhao. I I will never buy a, another one of those pens because I've bought a lot uh, because I was just gonna put my own nibs on them anyway. But they but the nibs that come on them are just so terrible in my opinion that that they're all that they're unwritable, which is contrary to what people online say. Like if you go on the fountain pen network or something, they say that they have. Really good medium nibs, uh, European medium too, not the uh, Asian medium that come in a lot of them. I just have not had that experience. I think the quality control is lacking. But but,
1: uh, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) How do you you compare something like your Duke that you like to like a Pilot Metropolitan that's $15? And how do those two pens relate? Do they relate at all um, in, in quality and value?
2: I, yes, I think the Duke 209 is better. If I had to rank my sub $50 pens in terms of quality, it would probably be my Parker Frontiers, followed by the Duke 209, and then everything else with the Pilot Metropolitan, you know, pretty close to the top. But I think the Duke 209 at $5.50 or $6 shipped is a better pen. Than almost any pen you can buy for under fifty dollars.
1: That's crazy. I guess we're gonna need to it try it out. It is crazy. Right.
0: Yeah, it seems like it. <laughs> don't wanna you wanna have
2: should a, really try it. Yeah, it's we don't want to have
1: a we don't want to have a, a visionary experience here. Yeah. I don't. I don't think that'll happen though, because a lot of people talk positively about them. So I, it's something I need to look into and something I need to to test out for myself. Just because I haven't, I've never gone that that route, and people tell me to all the time that um, yeah, that you will like several of these pens. So you know, I need to give them uh, give them a look and uh, and and see what I think. So yeah, it's that's, worth uh, a
2: shot. I mean, for $5, it can't really hurt. But for a lot of people who are fountain pen uh, fanatics, like we all are here, if you've got 40 fountain pens, do you really need another pen that looks kind of like a Parker Sonnet that writes pretty good when you have a bunch of much better pens that cost you much more? Why would you want to write with that? Why does it matter?
1: For a first pen, it's great. I'm kind of hitting that spot now, I think, to where I'm not just looking at is this pen a good value. I'm looking is well, if I purchase this pen, am I actually going to use it in conjunction with all these other pens that I already use? And I, it's starting to be like where my – I don't know, my – Collection or my purchasing habits are getting a little bit more refined, and that's getting a little bit tighter. And I'm just not winging it as much. But I guess that just comes over time and figuring out what you like to use and and, and things like that. So one of, one of the pins you did review that I haven't bought yet that I keep staring at is the Monteverdi Impressa, the one that you talked about earlier. So what do you what do you like about that pin? And, and talk me into to buying it or not buying it.
2: Well. Man, it's hard to talk someone into buying the pen. Here, let me grab it and stare at it for a minute. I've just (laughs) dropped it. I've just dropped the pen. Uh, All right, well, I'll stare at it from across the room. Anyway, I really like the looks of the pen. It it just looks cool. And if you don't like how it looks, then uh, you probably don't care about the pen that much. Because the thing about it is it's not, I mean, it's a, pretty good performer. It performs like uh, a much more expensive pen, even though it's only $40. And uh, it's smooth. It doesn't skip. It's got a nice clip. It's got a nice weight. You could write with it for hours. And it's got a cool-looking black nib. It uses a standard number six size. So if you want something fancy, you can shove that on there. But uh, primarily, the cool thing about it is the looks. It's, uh, the one I have is red and gunmetal, and they also have a blue and uh, kind of off-white thing to it. Uh, frankly, the, it's really hard to say anything about this pen other than it's really, really good. It's just a a gosh darn good pen. It is right below a Duke two hundred nine, in my opinion.
1: <laughs> does the um, but is this does this it, one come go with the does this one come with a black nib or is that a chrome nib? I can't tell on there. Uh, oh,
2: on the gunmetal and red one. On the
1: gunmetal, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay, that, I might it's, have to get that. That's, that's pretty cool. sweet. Well, you
2: know what that's you can cool. do if you wanna if you wanna like test the pen out without dropping forty bucks is there's a but how is that how's that Chinese pen that spelled B
1: A O E R Pronounce yeah, I, I, how do you pronounce it? I I call it bear, but I really don't know. Wait, it it starts
2: with an A, right? But I've heard people call it a Bauer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It, I, it, could, don't be, know. it, it could be any of those.
2: Well, they have this, the Unnamed Chinese Company 1 has this <laughs> pen called the Unnamed Chinese Company one zero five one. 051. Uh, so the Bauer or Bear or whatever, 051 is virtually identical to. If you close them to the Monteverde Impressa, I have I'm holding both of them right now. The clip mm. is exactly the same, the size is exactly the same, and the weight is almost the same. Um, when you you guys in the Ink Links put up a uh, you linked to what is it Pen Habit the Pen Habit blog's review mm. of the. Bauer 051. Now, mm-hmm. I told I actually told him to review that thing because he reviewed it in press and liked it so much. And I was wondering if they were the same. I couldn't wait for him to review it, so I just bought it myself. And uh, <laughs> they're similar, but they're not the same. Uh, so th- so people have proposed that per- perhaps, because Monteverde does not, they don't make their pens in the United States, they make them in China, perhaps they purchased this pen design from Bauer and then made it frankly look better. It's got better finishes, it's got mm-hmm. a little bit better tolerance and it's the what do you call the thing at the end of the barrel? The the back end? What what is that called?
1: Um, I I just call it the butt of the pen, but if it's a piston filler right, a lot of times sure. it's called a, a blind cap in a in a vacuum filler or things like that. Yeah.
2: Well on the butt of the pen uh, it's a little bit smaller on a Verde, and it looks it looks cooler. There's a lot more detail on, on that. Mm-hmm. But they, I don't they Bauer also copies pens. They have one called a 388 which looks exactly the same as a Parker Sonnet. And they and a uh, Bauer 79 looks like a a Starwalker. It's mm. they do really good copies. So I don't know if it's a copy or not, but it only costs $6 and the only real difference is on the Monte Verde, they have a special feed and nib that's good. And on the or they have a special feed and nib, which is, you know, good for $6. But it is a st- uh, standard number five, so you could replace it if you wanted. So if you're really, really cheap and are okay with sending money to a questionable Chinese manufacturer of pens, you can buy a one of those zero five ones it has to be with the zero that zero is important for some reason
1: okay gotcha that's uh, yeah my interest is at least a little bit piqued. i might i might have to poke around in this so I, I one one more question real quick and and then we're gonna we're gonna let you go and wrap this puppy up but i i see just through your your twitter and just through our talking that you're into astronomy right so what What's your involvement with astronomy and number 2, as part 2 of that question, do you use the Field Notes Night Sky edition?
2: What? Wait a minute. What is Field Notes Night Sky edition? This <laughs> sounds uh, awesome.
1: Yes. So are you familiar with that?
2: I'm familiar with Field
0: Notes, I have not seen Night Sky edition.
1: Oh, Mike, I think we have a problem here.
0: Too late, buddy, I'm afraid. Yep. Too late,
1: buddy. So you need to work on your uh, Google Foo. Go look at the the Twisby Night Sky Edition. It is one of the most beautiful Field Notes Editions they ever made with um, holographic constellations on the back of this edition. They turned out beautifully. And I was just wondering, being the astronomy fan that you are, if you'd run across that. And apparently not. So, we're, I think I'm gonna have to hook uh, hook him up as a as a special uh, gift for being on on this episode. Get him some of these uh, night sky edition field notes.
2: Wow, gee whiz, that would be awesome! But I don't know—are they for sale still? Because they always put those special <laughs> things out for like a quarter, and then you can't buy yeah, them anymore.
1: Yeah, these were the, these were one of the special colors editions that uh, you can't really get anymore. So, um, it, except oh. on like the sec- secondary market. But um, I thought that might be right up your alley. So, yeah, definitely check those out.
2: I had never seen that. But uh, my involvement with astronomy is what I would call minor. I'm a big fan of astronomy. I teach astronomy labs at a university. And I, I guess I, I have a minor in astronomy in my, my degree. I look up at the night sky when I go outside and I look at stuff and I tell people about the stars. It is pretty, uh, it's a pretty dull hobby, let's be honest, because it doesn't change at all.
1: Yeah, well, you're you are you do realize you're on a podcast about pens, right?
2: Yeah, I, man, I don't know which one is more. Hold on a second, Jackie. What's what's more dull, astronomy or pens? Pens are more
1: dull. Okay,
2: <laughs> so you're right. <laughs>
1: Oh, that was amazing, and I, I think we'll wrap it at that. Uh, Tim, t- tell people where uh, where they can find you online, find more of your uh, your awesome work.
2: Uh, every website, there is a Funkmon, and that is because I have registered that name. That's spelled F-U-N-K-M-O-N. So, Facebook, which I don't use, Twitter, Reddit, you know, any any forum, there's a Funkmon. That's me. And then I have funkmon.com and the uh, and, pen, and I think I think the URL for my pen's blog is funkmonpens.wordpress.com. It is. And uh, later, I think in two days. When does this episode come out? Today. Later tonight. Literally today. Wow. All right. So in two days, I will have up the review for the new cross pen, where you can see the picture of Hitler. <laughs> okay. you
1: want? Yeah, that, that's a tease if I've ever heard one. Javish. All right, get us out of your mic.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Pen Addict. Thank you for, Tim, for joining us. If you'd like to catch up with the show notes of today's episode, go to 5x5.tv slash penaddict slash 108. I am imike on Twitter. I am YKE, and Mr. Brad Dowdy is at Dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M. If you'd like to catch Brad's writing, he writes all the time over at penaddict.com. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Uh, Next week, I will not be here, but do not worry. There will be a special episode for you. Uh, Brad will be enlisting our good friend. I won't spoil it. Oh, you're so close. (laughs) Good friend of the show. I won't spoil it. And you probably all know who that is by now. And no, it's not the dude. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Say goodbye, Brad.
1: Goodbye, Brad.